Uh, Father, we just thank you for this time. Uh, Lord, we, I pray that you just bless this time. I pray that we all come uh, to know you better through this time. And we pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so a couple of things I'd like to tell you about before we get into our story is we're going to be looking at King David and uh, one of the events that happens in his life. Uh, this is, uh, our story takes place after he has taken the throne. David is now king uh, over Israel and Judah. The king's kingdoms were reunited uh, through him. Uh, we're also going to see a story, or a character that comes up in our story, and his name is Mephibosheth. And I, I told this story on Wednesday night with the kids, and we all had a fun time trying to say Mephibosheth correctly. Um, so but his, his name is Mephibosheth. Uh, we learn in, in a previous um, mention of him that due to a, a terrible accident or incident that happened when he was a child, uh, he became crippled in his feet. Um, it was heard that uh, King Saul and his, his family died in battle, so more than likely in attempts to protect the boy from anyone coming after him, his nurse fled with him to protect him, and as she was running, it says that she was, he was dropped, and he became crippled in his feet. Um, and then that's the only time we hear about him outside of this story. Uh, outside of that, I think there's one word I wanted to explain, because it's not in my regular vocabulary, and uh, that word is homage, or to pay homage, and that's just to show reverence or respect to somebody um, that it would probably be an authority over you, so it's just a, a show of, of respect. Um, but I don't know how often anyone's, like, taken a knee to show no homage and respect to people, today. so. Today, you're not here today. Yes, thank you. I'm glad you cleared that up. So, with that said... Um, I think we can get into our story. I want to make sure I'm not missing anything else. Yes, okay, cool. So now this is where our story begins in God's word. And it says, And David said, Is there still anyone in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and they brought Ziba to David. And David said, Are you Ziba? And Ziba said, I am your servant. So David asked, Is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to him? Ziba said, There is still a son of Jonathan, but he is crippled in his feet. David asked, where is he? And Ziba, Ziba replied, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Emil, at Lodabar. So David sent for and brought him from the house of Machir, the son of Emil, at Lodabar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, son of Jonathan, came before David and fell on his face and paid homage to him. And David said, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth said, Behold, I am your servant. David said, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for your father Jonathan's sake, and I will restore all the land of your father Saul to you. And you shall eat at my table always. So Mephibosheth said, 
What is your servant that you would show such regard for a dead dog such as I? Then David called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, All the land that belonged to your master and to all of his house I have given to your master's grandson. And you and your sons and your servants shall till the ground for him and shall bring in the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth shall eat always at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. And Ziba said to David, According to all that my lord the king commands his servant, so your servant will do. So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem and ate at the king's table as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. All of those in the house of Ziba became Mephibosheth's servants. And so Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he ate always at the king's table. Now Mephibosheth was lame in both his feet. And that's our story for tonight. Yes, thank you, Jason. So did anyone like tonight's story? I know it's kind of wordy and kind of long, but anyone like the story? Yeah. Okay, great. So, the next part I like to do is try to see if we can get a volunteer who would be willing to try and tell back the story as best as they can remember it. And I'll help you get started if you're lost. Um, and if you're lost, that's okay. Does anyone want to try and give it a shot? Nice, the hands are shooting up like crazy. Would you like to try it? It's going to missing a lot of challenges. That's totally fine. Do you want me to start you out? Okay, so our story begins in, by saying, And David said, Is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? So they brought him uh, Ziba. Um, sorry. <laughs> and he said, Is there anybody else left? And he said, Oh, there is still one son of Jonathan, or son of Saul, son of Jonathan. Um, but he is crippled from the knees down. Um, brought him to David um, something about being the servant and that he would be, I'm skipping a lot eating at his table um, and that um, Ziba would have to have all his sons and servants um, wait on oh, I'm gonna, now I can't say his name my cut. <laughs> Mephibosheth so, yeah, yes. okay and he uh, would be eating at David's table, table uh, but they would be working in tilling the fields for him. Um, and he said, you know, he, bowed, he fell on his hands when he was brought to David, and that he was paying homage to David. And he said, no, you know, get up. Um, that um, uh, uh, all your days you will eat at my table. He says it a lot, so that's very important. Um, and... There's so much just okay. <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I can't think of all the other things. Nope. You did great. Thank you. Wow. You remembered good key parts, everything that was repeated in the story, you had very well. So 
no, yeah, so thank you. You remembered a lot of details of the story. So um, we're going to work now together. We're going to tell this story back as a team. I'm just going to wipe my Bible off. I made a mistake. I put a gift bag in my backpack with my Bible, and it was covered in glitter, and now my pages are covered in glitter. So if you ever want to spice up your Bible, just leave it in your glitter bag. Okay. Um, so uh, why don't we go through the story one more time, and, and you guys can help me uh, tell the story. We'll, we'll work as a team. So our story says, and David said, is there still anyone left of the... Um, yeah, yes, of the, yes, of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for... Um, who's looking for... Uh, yes, yes, for Jonathan's sake. And then our story says that there was a servant... Of the house of Saul, he had a, another funny name. We got a, a lot of names in our story. Ziba. And they brought him to David, and David asked him a question. It was, do you guys remember what the question was? Someone got it. Yes, yeah, so he does ask, is there anyone left? But before that, he simply asks, he says, are, are you Ziba? And Ziba says, I am your servant. So David asks, is there still anyone left? Of the house of Saul, that I may show him the God. yes, that I may show the kindness of God to him. And Ziba said, "Nope, sorry, they're all wiped out. There isn't a surviving member. I think they had a dog." Oh, yes, he said, "No, there is still one, a son of Jonathan." But there was a special detail about this son of Jonathan. It said our story said that he was. Yeah, he was, he was crippled in his feet. So David asked, well, where is he? And Ziba gives us quite the explanation. He says, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Emil, at Lodivar. So then our story says that David sent for and brought him from the house of Machir, the son of Emil, at Lodivar. And Mephibosheth who was the son of Jonathan and the son of Saul, came before David and fell on his face and paid, um, is that funny word that I never use? Homage. He paid homage to him. And David said, Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth said something to him. He said, behold, I, yes, I am your servant. Very good. I am your servant. And David said, do not fear, for I will show you. Um, yes, it was. Yes, I will show you kindness for your father, Jonathan's sake, and all the land that uh, belonged to uh, Saul, I will give to you. And then he told David. Excuse me. He told Mephibosheth one more thing. He said, "You should always, or shall always, yes, you shall always eat at my table." So Mephibosheth said. What is your servant that you would show regard for? Um, he said something pretty awful about himself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why would you show regard for a dead dog such as I? So then David called Ziba, Saul's servant, over to him and said, All of the land that belonged to Saul and to all of his house, I have given to. Who was it? Yes, he said, he said, I have given to your master's grandson, Mephibosheth. Yes, I have given, yes, I have given to your master's grandson. And then he also says that you and your sons and your servants uh, were going to do what for, for Mephibosheth? Build a, build a, 
Yeah, you are going to till the ground for him and bring in its produce that Mephibosheth may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth was to, to do what? Yes, he was always to eat at the king's table. And our story says something about Ziba. How many sons did he have? Fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. And he had twenty servants. So then our story says, so Mephibosheth ate always at the king's table as one of the king's sons. Or excuse me, I missed a part. Ziba replies to King David and he says, according to all that my lord the king commands his servant, so will your servant do. So then our story says that Mephibosheth uh, ate at the king's table as one of the king's sons. And he had a young son. Does anyone remember Mephibosheth's son? Yes, Micah. And our story then says that all who lived in the house of Ziba became the servants of Mephibosheth. Yeah, I'm going to have you guys try and say it a lot because we're going to talk about him throughout the night pretty often. Um, and it's fun to say. If, if anything, you just tell people this story afterwards and I'll give you the reference and you can just say, hey, you want to hear a story about Mephibosheth? And um, you just try and keep saying the name right. So, um, yes, yeah, so I, yes, you would, yes, all that your king commands so your servant will do. So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem for he always at the king's table. And then finally our story says, but Mephibosheth was crippled or lame in his feet. Okay. So that's our story. That's, that's all we're, we're covering for tonight. Um, now, I want to go back and just, or actually first, let me ask um, a question before we dive in more into our, our scripture. I wonder what it might have been like for David after this, this time to see the son of Jonathan, Mephibosheth, come before him now that he is king over Israel. Um, does anyone maybe have some input as to how David might have been feeling at this time? Just surprised. Yeah. Surprised? Okay. Why do you think surprised? Um, maybe feels like he should have known who this person was already. So surprised that is this the first time he's learning of him? Doesn't really specify. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, so it could be surprised. Yes? Okay, so maybe grateful be, because, say the last part again? Oh, okay, yeah, so, yeah, probably grateful in the sense that Mephibosheth is probably the first good treatment he's maybe had as a, as a crippled person. Yes? I, I'm thinking from the text that he is surprised because he's asking for, do you know if there's anybody? Is there anybody? Like, he's asking the question. Like, because mm -hmm. he doesn't say, hey, I know there's a guy, go get him. There, he's asking out the question, like, is there? So he doesn't know. So I'm going with Katie saying, like, it is a surprise to him that there's somebody out there. Sure. Okay. So, yes. I think he might feel excited. Excited. Because he can show the kindness that he wants to, like there is somebody to receive what he wants to give. Yeah, okay. So that thing, he's, that fulfillment that he's trying to bring closure to, he's, he, there's now somebody there to do that with. Okay. Yes. Maybe a sense of grief of missing his best friend, Jonathan. Sure. Yeah. So missing his best friend, Jonathan, and now that might kind of just be heightened now that he sees his, his, his son before, before himself. So yeah, well, I think this is a good 
opportunity with these things in mind to, to bring us more into the story. And I just want to break this story into to half. So our first half, again, says that, and David asks, is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And our story says, and there is a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and they brought him before David. And David asked, are you Ziba? And Ziba said, I am your servant. So David asked again, is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to him? Ziba said, there is still a son of Jonathan, but he is crippled in his feet. David asked, where is he? And we get this, this long explanation. He is in the house of Machir, the son of Emil, at Lodabar. And then our story says, so David brought for and, or sent for and brought him from the house of Machir, the son of Emil, at low to bar and we'll just stop there i will i think we'll talk about the interaction between the two of them after we break this down a little bit more um but the first thing i'm, I'm kind of curious about is perhaps maybe something in the very beginning where we see that jonathan or excuse me david wants to show kindness for jonathan's sake can we maybe learn something about david's character that he's still seeking out uh perhaps something about this relationship with David that he still wants to show kindness on Jonathan's part. Does that tell us about maybe David's heart? Jonathan was important to him. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I was telling the, when I've told this story before to the youth kids, I was telling them if there was ever a, I guess, bromance in the in the Bible, it would probably be between these these two men. Um, they they truly had the greatest sense of, a, of 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 best friendship in the Bible. Um, so yeah, he would he definitely care deeply for Jonathan. Is there anything else we can learn about David? Yes. I think there was a sense of obligation in a way. It's just another way to honor the whole family in that culture. I would think that would be and he wouldn't have the neglect to do that. Also knowing how horrible Saul was to the family and wanting to make it right as king, I guess. Sure. Okay, so trying to make things right um, and, and that may be a sense of obligation um, to, to his friend to do those things. Uh, yes? Almost a sense of like, responsibility. Like, like I need to look after or take care of. Because he's king, so... Looking after others, and it's his like almost a responsibility. He's gone, so I want to look after his offspring, his children. Yeah. Okay. And so, and now that he's even in a place to provide, and yeah. Okay. Yes. And now he now that he can, he he wants to. Yes. Mephibosheth technically would have been an heir to the throne, and so David's showing a lot of kindness and also faith that he knows that he's the rightful king that God's going to put there. Because he could have just had Mephibosheth killed. Sure. And so he's on choosing to honor him instead of asserting his right as king. Yeah, okay. So still trying to honor that like royal line that was chosen before him. So yeah, that's quite honorable and noble of him to do, I think. Yes? Yes, he did have a lot of love and, and, and definitely cared for people. Um, I, I, I think with... Uh, choosing Mephibosheth, it, it shows us 
much about David's character and maybe how others could have treated him. It doesn't say how Mephibosheth was treated by others, but we definitely get a good example from David here on, on what to do. Uh, now, I like how this story uh, changes just a little bit. We first see that David wants to find a, a member of the family for the sake of Jonathan. But as we go deeper into the, into the story, he says, is there still anyone left that I may show the kindness of God to him? Now, is there an example that David gives us here on how we should, I guess, treat others? First, he says, I, I, I want to do this to, to honor Jonathan. But then he says, I, I, want to, I, want to do, I want to show kindness, the kindness of God to him. Again, because again, we don't know who this person is yet. So is there an example that we get here from David on, uh, I guess, honoring the Lord or treating others? Compassion. Compassion? How so? Sure. So, yeah, so we get that compassion from God, and we get filled up with the Spirit, and then that pours out from us onto others. Um, I think I saw another hand up over here. Yes. I think David understood that what he receives, he's supposed to also give, and he made him love it, which is what his name means. He knew that he, he should be giving out God's love, not just receiving. Yeah. Okay, so extending out God's love to others, giving God's love, not merely just being a sponge and soaking everything up, um, but being rather being, I guess, a cup and pouring out onto the others as well. David, or can you can you remember that for later? Because I think I might want to go back to that. Um, I think that's a good detail uh, or a good a good observation for us. Now um, we get this this cool, uh, I guess interaction between Ziba and and David and what I may be curious about is can we maybe learn something about Ziba's character that in, in this trying of finding that that person of Saul's family Ziba is willing to help David in finding somebody for him so can we learn something about Ziba's character and his willingness to help David he's faithful yeah faithful okay Loyal servant to his king. To go sure. What he's asking. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, and he's not just so much, uh, I guess, loyal to the individual who he served as Saul, but loyal to David, the, to David and to the, the authority that's given as king over Israel. So that's kind of a cool detail. Anything else? Okay, well, then we'll move on. Um, in our, if, going into the next section, um, we see that, again, after Mephibosheth is called from, I won't say the whole long list again for you guys, but we see that Mephibosheth, the son of, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, uh, came before David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David says, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth says, Behold, I am your servant. And David said, do not, do not fear, for I will show you kindness for your father Jonathan's sake, and I will restore all the land of Saul to you, and you shall eat at my table always. Mephibosheth says, What is your servant 
that you would show regard for a dead dog such as I? Then David called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, All the land that belonged to your master and to all his house I have given to your master's grandson. You and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and bring in its produce that he or that your master's grandson may have bread to eat, but Mephibosheth shall eat at my table always. And Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants, and Ziba said, According to all that my lord the king commands his servant, so your servant will do. Our story goes on from there to say, So Mephibosheth ate always at the king's table as one of the king's sons, and he had a young son whose name was Micah, and then from there it says, All who were in the house of Ziba became the servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he ate always at the king's table. And now Mephibosheth was lame in both his feet. So in this second section, we finally get to see Mephibosheth is introduced. Uh, and he's now here before David. And we see that the very first thing that Mephibosheth does when he comes before King David is, is, is again, he, he pays homage to him or pays him those respects. Now, does this tell us anything about Mephibosheth as an individual that he would still be willing to pay David these respects? Yes. It's not clear whether he was aware of Jonathan's relationship with David, but if he was, he still wanted to continue that friendship. Sure. Yeah. So he was still willing to, you know, possibly honor that relationship between him, between David and his father. Um, so that could be part of the reasoning behind it. Anything else that maybe comes to mind as as to Mephibosheth's character that he's paying his respects to David? Yes. He wasn't hateful. Sure. Why do you, why do you say that? Because like David and Saul they had many they were really on good terms with each other very much of the time. So he could have been like mad at David for anything that he, you know, did to Saul or, you know, for their disagreements and stuff. Sure. Yeah, so David and Saul definitely did not get along at all times, so they're might have been some sour feelings uh, as stories might have been passed down to Mephibosheth to say like, oh yeah, that, that David, he's not all chalked up to everyone, that everyone thinks he is. And there could have been maybe some resentment shared to Mephibosheth, but it seems like he's not having those um, feelings towards him. Now, as we go on into the, into the story, Mephibosheth refers to himself as this he says, why would you show regard for a dead dog such as I? And something that I think is really interesting is, does David give a response to this self, this, I guess, um, title that Mephibosheth gives himself? Does David respond in any way? Yeah, you're, you kind of are a dead dog. And he doesn't say any of those things, does he? It just says that he calls Ziba and, and then, and and goes about blessing Mephibosheth. Now, now that David has stepped out in this way and is blessing Mephibosheth, 
Do you think this would have any long-lasting impacts on Mephibosheth? Or how might this maybe improve his quality of life? Well, if he was crippled, he probably could have worked. He might have been a beggar, just living yeah. with relatives or friends. And since David's now giving him all this stuff, like he doesn't have to worry for the rest of his life. Okay. So now David has set up Mephibosheth for the rest of his life to live comfortably. Okay. Yes. And I think Mephibosheth's uh, future generations would be blessed as well because he had kids and servants that would carry on that service. Oh, okay, so yeah, so now Mephibosheth's future generations are, are blessed, uh, but also now Ziba and, and those who are under his authority are blessed because they, it sounds like now work's provided for them again and, and purpose is given on to Ziba and, and those under his authority, so kind of like a twofold uh, thing here, which is really neat. Um, but the other thing I want to I maybe ask you all tonight is, can we learn something about David's character that while Mephibosheth sees himself in such a low light, David doesn't seem to acknowledge that at all. Does that tell us anything about David? Yeah, he doesn't see his flaws. He's treating him like his son. Like, one, like, equal to eat at his table, give him back his land, um, like which now be in his inheritance. So it, he's brought him back up to the status. It, there wasn't anything that he, any imperfections about it. Like he's back up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we, we went from somebody who would have probably been really low right. uh, amongst uh, probably any circle, and now we've brought him up to equals with the king's sons. That's kind of amazing. Um, let, let me actually dive into that a little bit more. Do we see uh, perhaps God still do that with us today um, where we might see ourselves as lowly and not worthy and God brings us into a better light? I'm seeing some nods as to yes. Okay, so let me ask you this. What might that look like today where God uh, lifts us up uh, perhaps maybe when we see ourselves as low and unworthy. Yes? Maybe not always lifting them up with status in the world, but by forgiving and loving everyone, no matter what their circumstances. Absolutely. So yeah, so despite who we are before we knew Christ, Christ came to... Uh, um, now I can't use words. Uh, chose to forgive us. There we go. And, we go. And, and to redeem us. So that's kind of amazing. And when I... Any, is there anything else that you maybe have an idea about this as, as God redeeming people? Or, or maybe, let me ask you this, what might it look like today to see God redeeming people um, from whether it's a a lowly view of themselves uh, or something else that God can redeem us from. Does it still happen today? What does it look like? Through God's power, people can be free of the sins that would possibly be causing them to feel like trash, and God frees them of the, the anchor towards the sin. 
Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, God, God can uh, give us uh, a sense of being removed and relieved from our sin, right? We're, we're forgiven of those things, and God says, I'm going to take those things away from you. Now let me, yes? Sure. Yes, yeah, so and not only does he remove us from uh, the things that maybe make us dirty or feel unworthy, but then he shows us uh, where to go from there, um, which is encouraging as well. Now, let me ask you all this. Have any of you, or maybe someone you've known, feel like you've had this experience where God redeemed you? And if so, would you be willing to share? It yes. Um, our missionary friends John and Tiffany Davidson and if anyone remembers John's testimony about when he was a drug addict living in a rundown building and had nowhere to go and now he's a missionary yeah Israel. yeah that, pretty amazing story yeah it's a great example of being redeemed by the Lord yes I've heard the odds you say that coming back from a heart attack is pretty redeeming absolutely yeah. The Lord said he, that he's got plans for, for you. That's, that's a very exciting. Um, anything else? Anyone have a personal story or know someone who was redeemed in some way by the Lord? I know for me, just simply being able to come before him and accept him as my Savior is, is, feels so redeeming and, and uplifting. Yes? The security guard here, uh, Steve Booth, was in a coma. He, he, he had a stroke and he went into a coma. He's, he's a young guy. He's like 40-something years old. And, you know, Steve and Katie didn't come here because he's a security guy. But he was delivered, healed of that. But I guess you say redeemed. He was, he was healed of the stroke and everything. And, and he was in a coma. But he came out and he had, his voice was perfect. You know, yeah. Perfect. That was a miracle. That was a couple of years ago. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So, last, my last question for you all for the night is, how can this story maybe help us in the future? Maybe if we're at some point feeling unredeemable, or maybe, the, maybe there's something else about this story that stood out to you, but how can this story help us in the future? Yes? The comparison is, David made him a son, God makes him, makes us sons and daughters. Yes, absolutely. And we are at his table. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to a banquet. Yeah, yeah, we have, a, yeah, we do have, we have an opportunity, um, and are and are looking forward to the opportunity to sit at the Lord's table. Yes. Thinking basically, we should be like David and take the kindness that God gives us and show it to others that might not be needing it. <coughs> sure. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure if we thought long and hard enough, you know, it probably wouldn't take too much time. There's probably somebody that would that would need that love shared onto them. So yes, that's a great challenge for all of us to do. Yes? Imagine there might be people who saw what happened and felt jealous or that it was unjust for David to bring some crippled person into the banquet halls of his golden reign. And uh, I don't know how that relates, but it just it seems that God just doesn't choose the wise things in the world. Sure. Yeah, he picked a pretty lowly person to redeem and, and bring up to a, a, a place, yeah, of a high status, um, which is really encouraging. Uh, so, yes? I, I think that no matter how we look at ourselves or, like, 
how down we might be, like just that reminder that like God will always redeem us no matter what we think of ourselves. God's power is stronger than our thoughts. Our sure. Yeah, and maybe even bring it a step further, we're always going to be precious to the Lord. We're never going to be too lowly or undesirable for the Lord. There's, God always has a desire for us. Yes? Sure, yeah, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Very good. So, um, I think we'll, we'll end it on, on, on that note. If you all would like to read this story for yourself, which I encourage you to do, it's a fun story. Like, like I said, you get to say the name of Phibosheth a lot. Um, we were in 2 Samuel chapter 9, and we did verses 1 through 13 tonight. So uh, why don't I pray, and then um, and we'll go in, from there, we'll close in worship. So, uh, Father, we thank you for tonight. Lord, I pray that we all came to know uh, something more about you through this time in your word. I pray that, Lord, as we continue into 2023, Father, that, that we would just continue to keep our eyes focused on you and that we would hear through, for your voice and listen for your voice throughout this year. Uh, Father, we thank you for this night, and I, I pray that you bless all who are here, and we pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, thank you all again for coming tonight. Um, we, it, I know it's always silly with the beginning of the new year that people do all these resolutions and stuff, but I, I thought to myself uh, that there's 52 weeks in the year, so we got about like 51 more Sundays to go. But that's only 51 opportunities to be here at church, but there's 365 days in the year where we can really come and focus on the Lord. So I'd really like to challenge you all to try and spend this year with the Lord more than just the 51 Sundays, 52 Sundays. Um, we have such a great God to, to learn and worship and, and, and celebrate. So it's not just, we can give him so much more than that. So um, if anyone would need prayer, I'll, I'll be up in the front here to pray. And uh, again, thank you all for, for coming tonight.